Hi, I'm Allegra Edwards. I play Ingrid on Amazon Prime's Upload, and I'm here with Elias from The Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of The Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal! You're my boy, boo! Yo, Adrian! I with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the man cave, your host, Elias. Allegra, welcome to the cave. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? What's new with you? Oh, boy. I'm good. It's <laughs> <laughs> a loaded question. Um... I'm good. I'm uh, new with me. It is June, and I'm uh, I'm in Los Angeles officially now. I somehow managed to move out of my apartment in New York amidst all of this going on uh, last week. So um, that was a feat in and of itself. And I'm I'm officially an Angelino now. Really, that's great. So how, how's like the whole quarantine uh, treating you? You know, it's had different phases. It's been, um, it, it's been mostly gr- like I can't ultimately complain. You know, it's been, um, it's been different to like kind of chop it up into chapters. The first chapter was at my parents' house in Massachusetts, and um, like it or not, when your your parents' kid living in their house, you feel like a kid again. Um, and sometimes that can be very frustrating and sometimes it can be nice. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, and then chapter two, um, I went to Los Angeles and, um, you know, I'm now with my fiance. That's Um, awesome. So, yeah. So I'm I'm doing okay now that I'm with, now that I'm with him. You mentioned Massachusetts. I'm from Massachusetts. What part are you from? Well, so my parents live in Beverly, and um, my dad uh, used to work at Gordon College, but they're actually about to move away themselves. Okay. Um, so I didn't grow up there. It's just where they've worked for the last five years, but, uh, but it's a beautiful area, and I've, everybody I've met um, from Massachusetts has been very kind. So, uh, yeah. So you've been busy for a few years now in the acting world, and you recently just started on Amazon's Upload, which that show is amazing by the way and we'll talk about that but ori- let's uh let's start with uh where you originally from then yeah so um i was born in california but grew up all over the place i lived in um california and then virginia colorado i lived in hawaii for a couple years oh, wow. um so yeah i would say that mostly colorado is what i claim but um but I don't know if I, you know, identify as a Coloradan. <laughs> was this because of your parents' work, the job they had? Yeah, my dad would get different, um, he'd get called to different areas, and um, he works in fundraising and consulting. So um, different organizations would require his skills, and then if he did his job right, they wouldn't need him anymore. Mm. So uh, so we would just, you know, caravan, family style, move across the country. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, at least you get the you get at least you get to see you know part of the country while you were young. Oh yeah, and I gotta say, like, the big joke is that it feels like maybe he was in the military because each of those states that I mentioned has a pretty strong military presence, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, that's not the case. It's not true. <laughs> um, however, they are all really beautiful places to live, vastly different from each other, and um, and as a result, I think uh, it made me a little bit more adaptable at a younger age than I otherwise would have been, you know? Which one do you think was your favorite to live at? Um, you know, I really, 
I really love Colorado. It's probably where I have the most memories. Um, uh, but I also really love Virginia too. Virginia was green and lush and um, so beautiful. And uh, yeah, uh, it would be a toss up between those two. Did you spend most of your time in Colorado out of all the places yeah. you lived there? Yeah, I'd say. I mean, it's where I graduated from high school. So there's a, you know, it, sometimes your memories are shaped most by where you were when you were a teenager or in middle school. So even if we were spending a lot of time in California, you know, my memories there were, were they're fuzzier, let's say, than, um, mm -hmm. than when I was in Colorado. So how old were you when you kind of had an idea that you wanted to get into the acting world? Young. I'm so, so young. <laughs> <laughs> Too young. No, I don't know. I think uh, it started, I was really interested in going to theater productions as a little girl. Um, my parents are both uh, theatrically inclined. My dad was an actor for many years in the Bay Area. And as a result, I, I just, at, you know, even when I was four or five, I was seeing full-on Broadway tours. I remember seeing Les Miserables, the musical, um, in the first or second row when I was probably too young to see it, given the content, <laughs> some yeah. of the content in the show. Um, I remember this bit coming out of the actors' faces as they were singing and, and enunciating every single word and just being enraptured as a, you know, as a six or seven-year-old. Um, oh. So then from then on, I, I wanted to be in theater productions. I wanted to do commercials. I wanted to, you know, dance and act and sing and do all the things. What was like, out of all those things you just listed, like what was like the, like the main one that you really wanted to do? You know, for, well, again, this is the theme, it kind of yeah. winning phases where, um, where ballet, like I wanted to be a ballerina for a little while. Um, but then, uh, but then after seeing, um, this is so random, but it was the Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie yeah. um, in high school. That was when I remember thinking for the first time what it must have been like when they made that movie. And that's when it shifted for me that, oh, television and film must be really fun um, because you're immersed in the world that you're creating and not just, you know, cardboard cutouts on a stage with a a backdrop, you know, things are a little bit more two-dimensional when you're on stage, but when you're in film and TV, that was the first time it occurred to me that they were on an island and they were swinging from ropes and they were, you know, actually in the Caribbean or wherever they were filming was, was a real environment. And um, that was like the peak of make-believe, you know what I mean? That yeah. was like the far that you could push, the farthest you could push your imagination. Um, and suddenly that, that captured my attention. Yeah. Were there like any other movies and TV shows that also pushed you more towards this? Um, great question. I mean, I, what did I watch on television when I was growing up? I was not, I was not allowed to watch Friends, but I would sneaky watch Friends and, uh, you know, try to get, get away, get away with watching it behind my parents' back. Um, and, and that one definitely, um, shaped me just in terms of, okay, look at their hysterical and this is going so fast. It's so fast paced and it looks like they're having a really good time. I think a lot of my choices surrounding, um, uh, choosing this field is that it looks like people are having fun. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, that's a show where that, that certainly seemed to be the case. Mm. So like, so like you said, your parents, you know, they acted and everything too. Like, but when you told them this is what you wanted to do, like, what was their reaction? They were so down. They were really? so excited. Yes, so on board. And and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, it may have been discouraged, particularly for my dad. He was um, uh, he was definitely told like, okay, well. We'll help you with your uh, college tuition if you major in economics, and that was the that was the one stipulation that they had for him. He was miserable majoring in economics. He got C's across the board, but all of his electives in theater and history were right. straight A's. You know, <laughs> flying yeah. colors. Right. He like so. So I think that that translated into being extraordinarily encouraging of me and my siblings as we pursued artistic endeavors um because there's i'm sure there was a little hint of like what if what if i um what if i had just jumped off the deep end and dived all the way in and saw how far i could take it and i i, I want my kids to know that i want them to try and try and try That's awesome. um so i've i i know that it's not like that for everybody and um uh, because of that i'm really grateful to have had uh unending support from them it's been really great. So you you uh, you said you mentioned that you went to school for uh, for th pretty much theater and acting. Like like, how would you describe like your experience during that time? Um, I I was busy. <laughs> I was a busy girl in undergrad. I did. Um, uh, I tried to be involved in as many theatrical opportunities as I could. I was on scholarship at Pepperdine for theater and television. Um, it's a it was a combined major, so I had a little bit of the behind the scenes and then um, a lot of onstage experience too. And then um, I competed regionally in a, a scholarship competition. Uh, I did variety shows. I did a ton of improv. I was really busy <laughs> and I had a really good time. Um, and then, uh, but at the end of it, I still knew that I hadn't gotten a really thorough education. Um, I had a lot of on-stage experience, but I felt like I didn't know enough about the craft itself. And so I auditioned and applied for graduate school. And um, it was my time at ACT, the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, that really um, basically made me more of an artist and more conscious and consciously competent of what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are and how to bring myself to a role um, and how to how to read a script and so many other skills. Um, so ACT is really where it got more much more specific. So after college, like, how did you end up back? Like, how did you end up in New York? Because you mentioned New York earlier. Yeah. So um, after graduate school, I went to L.A., and had a really tough time auditioning. <laughs> I was uh, not happy and I was submitting myself a lot for work. I was showing up for open calls and, um, you know, working minimum wage at a retail job part-time that I know was not paying my bills. Again, thank you, mom and dad. And um, yeah, basically I submitted myself for a, a play that um, went up in Pasadena and then it was pretty successful. It, um, it was a really interesting, very cool play uh, written by Sheila Callahan called Everything You Touch. And um, it got 
picked up to go do an off-Broadway run. And I was invited to come to New York to do an off-Broadway run with that particular play. And I always thought it was going to be a four-month stay. But um, anybody that has lived in New York and has fallen in love with New York knows that she is a very captivating mistress. And it doesn't take long or it doesn't take much to just be totally smitten uh, with the city. And I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave. So I moved across the country from LA to New York in 2015. Oh, wow. So I mentioned earlier, you know, like you've done a few, uh, you know, TV show appearances, everything before you started an upload. And uh, I noticed you did like Modern Family, New Girl, to name a few, like what's been like your favorite before you got, before you started an upload? Before upload. Okay. Well, um, I let's, upload is so different from all of those other ones because um, each of those roles were either a day player or like two days, maybe three days at the most um, because they were guest star roles. Right. And so I really loved doing friends from college because uh, it, it was a giant wedding scene um, that took place over the course of a couple days and I was orange from head to toe. I had to learn choreography for that because part of the um, uh, <laughs> part of the episode required a bunch of inappropriate bridesmaids to do a very raunchy dance at the wedding that would make everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> and so we had to meet beforehand and, and learn really raunchy, inappropriate choreography together, um, which was a great way to bond with castmates and just, uh, you know, it, it tapped into my musical theater roots again, too. Um, so that was a great experience. And then um, New Girl was also awesome. I mean, uh, that was that was a very intimidating experience for me. It was my first guest star, and um, I, everybody was just very kind to me. And uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Amazon's upload. Did you have any idea it was going to be this huge? <laughs> no. <laughs> And I, I think I'm still a little bit in denial about it, um, if I can be honest. I think uh, uh, it's funny. I feel like I open my phone and I can see through social media that people everywhere are loving it and watching it and watching it again and again. But when I put my phone away, it doesn't feel as real, you know, because yeah. um, my life hasn't changed that much other than a few thousand, 10,000 followers or something. But I... I always hoped that it would resonate with folks. I didn't think it would resonate this much and I'm overjoyed. I think it's uh, like just reading the initial script, I was excited about it. I thought it was fresh and funny and honest, but also just tongue in cheek, all my favorite things in one script. And I, I love that everybody else is like, you know, into it. Mm. It makes, makes me feel like, they get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, like I had Kevin Bigley on the show and, and I mentioned to him, like, you know, like it got released like on a Friday and next thing you know, it's like less than 48 hours. It got renewed right away for like season two. It was, yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was a little bit more than, than 48 hours, but it was. That's what it felt me. like. Yeah, that is. I mean, it really did. It felt that way to us too. And I, I think, um, especially because as I'm sure he told you, and I'm sure you've probably seen, it took forever to make it. And yeah. You yeah. know, he from casting to release was what two and a half years is like, or two years is pretty is is a long time to wait for something that you've been excited about. Mm. And um, so if it, I keep saying that it feels like I've got this secret that's been burning a hole in my back pocket, and now 
I can finally take it out and release, <laughs> release all of it and enjoy it with everyone else. So like when you first heard about the project, like, like what drew you in when you first read the script? Oh, so much. I think um, one of the things that I really loved was that the, the world was not overly explained, if that makes sense. I knew that it took place in the year 2033, but, but sometimes I find with too much exposition or, you know, this is why this is the way that it is, or, or um, this is how people spend their time now in the future because X, Y, Z, it just drops you right in it and expects you to catch up. So I think it, it hopes that its audience is smart and keeping up with it, which they do. Everybody, you know, gladly accepts the world building, which I think is so cool. Um, it also made me laugh out loud, just reading some of the dialogue between the characters just in a very basic way. That's hard to accomplish when you receive so many scripts every pilot season. Sometimes I can see the joke coming and, and, I, uh, it it already feels stale, but this script took me by surprise so many times, just in the pilot alone, that mm. I was laughing out loud. So was this a self-tape or a, a live audition when you went in there? It was a self-tape. And it really? wasn't, it, yes, it was a self-tape out of New York. This this is insane to me. I still can't get over this. I, I did two scenes from the pilot, the scene at um, Thanksgiving dinner, uh, trying what became ambrosia salad, but in the audition side, it was a sort of a spicy Moroccan dish or something. And then the second scene is the FaceTime call, um, you know, where I'm FaceTiming Nathan at Lakeview. And I submitted it. And then a couple days back, uh, or a couple days later, I heard back, um, okay, the director would like to see the second scene another time. He knows that you get the comedy, but he wants it more grounded. And I had so little time to do it. I had to ask my friend to help me tape it again at like 7.30 or eight in the morning, which is so early. Um, I brought her bagels because I felt bad. And we had to turn it around and I sent it back in. And then, and then later, maybe a couple weeks later, I found out from my reps, they, they called me and said, do you know why we're calling? And I said, I'm hoping it's for a callback or a producer's session or a director's session. Yeah. And they said, it is about upload, but they're just offering you the role and they need you to get on a plane in 48 hours to go to the costume fitting and the table read. Wow. Now I didn't, so I didn't meet the casting director. I didn't meet Greg. I didn't meet Robbie. I mean, I didn't chemistry test with anybody. They, they just did it from, from that second tape. That's it. Wow, that's, um, which that's crazy. changed my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you play Ingrid. Like, how would you, how would you describe her if somebody came up to you and said, "Describe me her." Yeah. Um, so Ingrid is Nathan's girlfriend, and she is. You could you could say that she's a bit of a Type A personality. I'd say Type A on steroids. <laughs> she uh, <laughs> she likes to be in control of of most situations. Um, she is very image focused. She cares about her appearance and what everything looks like. Um, she, uh, she and Nathan actually do have a very similar kind of sense of humor. They get each other to a degree, but, um, but there's some self-centeredness and uh, a lack of self-awareness that, that Ingrid has that, um, that starts to separate her from Nathan a little bit among many other things. Mm. Uh, like a long distance relationship. Yeah. And it's funny because like, 
me and my wife binged this show like in pretty much Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're done with it. It's like, you know, we're watching each <laughs> character. We're watching each character. And like, yours, like, and we don't even know like what your intentions of your character is either throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that's what's fun about it, right? Is that, yeah. um, and, and even in the making of it, I was sort of unsure about where it was going to go. I, I had a couple instances where Greg Daniels pulled me aside and, and said, hey, FYI, FYI. And I went, oh, okay, okay. But I still wasn't 100% positive. I didn't know the ending was coming. That was a total shock to me. Um, and so, yeah, it's really, uh, it's really fun to watch it and go, look at, what, look at what they're piecing together, what breadcrumbs they're dropping along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important that you're not sure about Ingrid. Um, I think she should go from being number one suspect to but wait a minute, if she's a terrible, terrible person, then why, why wouldn't Nathan dump her right. after month two, you know, like they'd be, they'd be done, be a one night stand. Um, so there's gotta be something to her that, that, um, that makes it difficult to just leave the situation, you know? What do you think was like the biggest challenge like playing this character? Um, oof. I think, you know, it's funny. I, um, my background, like I said, is in theater. And um, ah, if anything, there were choices that I would make that that were a little bit too funny and soft, you know, yeah. a little too, um, uh, if, if anything, I was making her, uh, my, my instinct was to go a little bit too likable or a little bit too slapstick or a little bit too goofball, which is more Allegra than Ingrid. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful that we had these talented directors that came in and also our amazing editor, David Rogers, who's superb, that could like, that's what's so fun about television is they can pick and choose from the spectrum of choices that you give them and then use that to create what the final product is. I know what's on the cutting room floor, but nobody else does. And, um, so that's why I'm, I'm excited for a second season to like, okay, okay, now we, now I know what they chose and I know the lane that I should sort of stay in. Um, but that doesn't mean that there were opportunities for me to kind of color outside the lines a little bit. Mm. So like, you know, the show's like, you know, there's comedy, but there's also some, you know, scenes that gets a, you know, not darker, but a little more drama. Like how do you tackle between, like how do you balance that between comedy well, and drama? I think that the... Um, uh, I think the thing that really helps is remembering that that laughter when you're when you're with an audience, we laugh out of recognition, right? And so either oh that resonates with me because I've seen that or I know that person or it's funny because it's true. Like all of that is what triggers um, authentic laughter. And so so in life you can have comedy and drama side by side, sometimes in the same sentence where I will hear something and then I'll trip and fall and I'm laughing and crying at the same time. You know, there's a, there's an authenticity to having those two things side by side. So, so if you're not playing the comedy, but rather just playing the truth of what the characters are experiencing and thinking, and then just trust that the writing will do the work for you, then you can release having to find the right balance between the drama and the comedy. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the, for your character, is there anything that you would change about her? And what would you like to see 
happen to your character for like season two if you had an idea <laughs> oh man i mean i'd love i'd love to have another scene with ingrid's family i think there's some opportunity there i'd love to know what her relationship is with her sister i'd love to know um what her actual relationship is like with jamie uh nathan's uh best friend yeah. because we know that there's some there's something juicy going on there um i'm curious about that uh i am so excited at the prospect of spending time with um an angel that has to take care of me potentially in lakeview um i don't know if that's a direction that they're gonna go but i think it would be fun uh to work with Zainab. Zainab and I never got to do a scene together. Um, and I would love to work with her. I'd love to like butt heads with, with Luke. Um, and cause Kevin is just hysterical and, um, and he would be, he would be a treat to work with too. A lot. I want Ingrid right. to do everything. I <laughs> That's want right. it all. Very greedy. So like, so how, like, how would you describe like the chemistry, like with you and Robbie? Cause you guys had a lot of scenes together. Yeah, we did and we didn't though. I mean, uh, it's it's funny. It's like um, it's like I said earlier. There is something between them that they recognize. You know, they are they are both shallow. And while Nathan is kind of starting to grow and mature, um, uh, Ingrid is maybe a few crossbacks, you know, uh, behind on the trail, <laughs> as it were. Um, so I think that the chemistry is definitely. Um, physically based for the characters. Um, but the thing that helps with Robbie, the actor, um, and, and with me is that he's a really smart guy. He's really smart. He's very genuine. He's very funny. Um, and so even if they're shallow, that doesn't mean they're dummies. And yeah. um, so the chemistry can, can be helped along by this sort of intelligent back and forth, which is what they have. I mean, that's definitely written in for the characters. Mm. Do you have like a favorite episode or scene that sticks out the most for you? <laughs> um, I, I have a special spot in my heart for the sleepover episode. Um, I love the scene where he FaceTimes her and she's in her office. And he just wants to see where she works. And she says, it's just the office. And um, I'm, I'm talking about Nora and Nathan. I should yeah. clarify who I'm talking about. Um, Nathan FaceTimes Nora um, at her office and she gives him a little virtual tour. And she's sort of shrugging it off like it's nothing. And he goes, no, it's real. It's life. It's earth. It's, it's home. Um, and then she finds herself, you know, she transports herself into Lakeview and they look at the stars together and, and I'm wearing my ridiculous wig and trying to bond with Nathan's niece in an, in an effort to endear myself to both him and, and the little girl. And there's just a lot in that episode that is um, very sweet and heartbreaking and, and complicated, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what stands out to me first. Do you have a scene that was like really difficult to shoot out of all, the, <laughs> all those episodes? Um, well, so yeah the 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 <laughs> the scene that was the hardest for me to shoot was probably the sex suit scene when i'm in the actual suit yeah um because it was so it's a a unitard underneath and then pieces of foam sticking to me with velcro 
and then a scuba suit over it and then a, a, a like a swim cap type thing on top of that and then goggles and then I'm in a bathtub and they're giving me directions and the camera is right over me but I couldn't hear and I also couldn't see so so it's a really funny scene I love how it how it came out I think it's ridiculous and I I would love to do more of that kind of thing if I can um uh but the the auditory element was very difficult mm. and then um yeah how long did it take you to get into that suit I gotta know <laughs> <laughs> it took a long time it took a while because the the foam needed to stay stuck to me as they were putting it on yeah. so um so I was hanging out in my unitard for a little bit but then they they and if the velcro wasn't working they had to like use duct tape um and get it to stay and it I, I really looked like some sort of I don't know claymation action figure it was very <laughs> weird very weird so aside from Ingrid what would you say is the most interesting character on the show that, that, mm. you, that you would like ah um well there's a few I really love cousin Fran I'm a I'm a cousin Fran fan stan for Fran um, uh, played by Elizabeth Bowen, who is a wonderful improviser and comedian and actress. And, um, uh, she's terrific. And then another one that I'm, I would love to see more of, <laughs> this is so specific. Uh, he's just referred to as the snotty professor. Um, and he's the guy in, that is reading a newspaper when they're singing the Uptown Funk song. And, um, and he just, he says, well, I can see you've made yourself right at home or whatever and then he gets up and walks away with <laughs> the newspaper right, yeah. and he for some reason he loves the easter egg hunt and or the the egg hunt at the holiday party and he it's like I'm, he's just so specific and um and i i don't know why but i laugh every single time i see him show up <laughs> so if this could be real like the whole upload thing would you do it Oh, question of and, the year. And, and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, oh man, if I could have like a six month free trial, um, I'd love to check it out and, and explore and see what it would be like for a little bit. I think the idea of eternity um, in, in a, a corporate run environment that's not perfect and is just sort of a, a facade of real life um, I think it would be agonizing. <laughs> it would be really rough. Um, and uh, I would also, it would be difficult if my friends and family couldn't be at the same um, right. afterlife as me. You know, I, I think, uh, I think that would be really challenging. So out of like all those like little gadgets they had, you know, 20, what's the year again when it takes place? We said 2033. 20, 20, is there any like certain gadget that you hope to see someday? Um, yeah, I mean, I think sharpened shoulder blades as a beauty treatment. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to see that. <laughs> nobody, nobody needs no. Nobody needs no bees. Although yeah. I think bee sting facials are happening here and there, which is terrifying. But um, no, I the piece of technology that I really love um, is actually in Lakeview, so it's sort of you know a couple steps removed from something that could actually be here tomorrow, but it's the memory parlor scene. Do you remember this? Where 
they get to play back their memories and watch yes, them. Yes. Um, and it's sort of a beauty parlor envi environment, but um, there's something about that that I think is very sweet. And it reminds me a little bit of the film Defending Your Life uh, with Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep, um, which is a wonderful comedy from decades ago. But I like the idea of being able to relive the memories that you didn't realize as you were making them that you would want to remember them, you know? Mm. And uh, if I could drop myself into a handful of memories, I would do it in a heartbeat. That's great. So have they said anything to you about when they think season two will start filming? Yeah, it's pretty up in the air. I think there were hopes for late summer. As of right now, um, it's based on Canada and their restrictions, not just in the film industry, but also um, work permits and the fact that um, most of the main cast is U.S. based. Um, and so it's, a, it, it's complicated. Um, yeah. I would love for it to be sooner rather than later, um, obviously, for lots of reasons. But, um, but we also want to do it safely and make sure that everybody's taken care of and um, we're taking everything into consideration. So maybe the fall, we'll see. Yeah. So you mentioned this was a self-tape. Like, uh, what do you enjoy? Do you enjoy more self-tape or auditioning in front of people? At this point, um, I tend to have more confidence in a self-tape environment uh, just um, because I feel like I know myself better. I, I, I psych myself out when I'm in a waiting room with other actors. Um, I start to second guess my choices and, um, uh, and I can get a little bit nervous. Um, it's really awesome in a, a um, in-person audition to be able to receive feedback immediately from the casting director and they can coach you on some things that they'd like to see differently, which you don't get to do in a self-tape. But, but I've booked eight different roles off of self-tape auditions where I didn't meet a single person face-to-face -face until I arrived on set. So um, that's definitely the way for me for now. <laughs> you got to ride the hot hand, right? Got to do it. Got to use what works. Exactly. <laughs> Is there somebody that you would like to work with someday? Yes. Um, I've got a little list. Um, I would love to just observe <laughs> Jodie Comer from Killing Eve. Um, I think she is masterful and such a great technician. And I, I, um, I'm just jealous of her ability. So I would want to work with her just to watch her. Um, and then, uh, kind of like opposite end of the spectrum is, um, I, I, I'm a big mush and I've enjoyed This Is Us so much and particularly the work of Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> if he, I mean, I'd love to just meet him, um, but I think he's also a terrific actor. And um, from what I've heard, just a really genuine soul. So um, that's another one. Uh, I'd love to work with Lisa Kudrow, um, Allison Janney, uh, Laura Dern. I've got this like, you know, these it's tall women, tall women in comedy. I've I've been dying to meet and just swap stories and. Um, these are also women that no matter their age, they're still doing incredible roles that are complicated and interesting and diverse in and of themselves. And um, I mean, Alice and Janney, like who can get nominated in so many different categories in one year? Right. Like, she's just so, and do musicals too. She's just epic. 
So do you have any other like projects that you've done that are ready to come out that you could tell the listeners? Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's a couple things they could um, check out. I just uh, finished working on Briar Patch, which was on USA Network. And I loved working on that show. I loved everything about that show. Um, I'm pretty sure it's still available to stream on the USA app um, and on demand, I'm pretty sure. And then um, you could also check out The Social Ones, uh, which is a film that's a little bit of a mockumentary style, um, not on like a Christopher Guest type comedy, um, all about social influencers. Um, and that is available on Amazon and on Apple on demand as well. Awesome. Allegra, uh, last, how can the listeners find you on social media? Sure. So my handle on Instagram is at a rose by name. And then on Twitter, I'm Allegra underscore Edwards. All right, Allegra, thank you for coming on. This is fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.